Welcome back to the Vibrantly Gray podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Working. Here in the Vibrantly Gray community, we support older women in pursuing their big dreams. I believe that age should never be a barrier to achieving one's goals and living a meaningful life. In today's episode, I hope you will be inspired and empowered to live your life vibrantly. Since I started this podcast, I've been thinking a lot about the insights and lessons I've learned over the span of my life journey. I do know I feel more settled in my own skin, stronger mentally and emotionally, and more positive about how my life is unfolding. But what brought about this shift in the last few years? As I pondered the answer to this question, I had a fortunate opportunity to sit down for a chat with Zell. Zell is 95 years old, and she is a force. I've known her for a while. I met her through teaching art lessons at her residential center, and I've admired her level of comfort in being who she is since the day I met her. I'm going to share a clip of our conversation because, as usual, she showered me with a perspective born of 95 years. The most important question you have to learn to ask yourself, and I don't know how many times a day. Now I'm 95. Yeah, so I'm not a youngster. And I was the only Jewish child with Tender in my high school. Yeah. And over the years, I've learned the most important thing I've learned that each day is the gift, but you have to open the package yourself. Mm -hmm. And if it isn't a good day, then you better take a lesson from it, check it, and see what was that you approached in a way that you could have made that day different. Mm -hmm. I love that philosophy. I think because that's great. It's only your actions yeah. that are going to make the environment around you the way you want it. Right. That that's good. That's a good a good reminder, and you're saying that. Sometimes you have to ask yourself that question. <laughs> what is a particularly challenging day? You know, it's a shitty day. Yeah. I'm using the word. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> we don't care. I think I've, had, I've really had many of them over the years. You take a lesson from it mm -hmm. and you learn. And you don't let it aggravate you, but you learn from it. Learn from it. Yeah. And that's a whole different yeah. mindset. Completely different attitude. Yeah. And it's obviously serving you well. well Every time I see you, you have a <laughs> smile on your face. You have well, you seem you seem quite settled, I you know, am, in I your am. in who you are. Each day is the gift. And I open the package the best I can. Yeah. I think it's great. I think I should make a t shirt. <laughs> can I borrow can I borrow your mantra? Of course you may. Okay. Because it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. You know, some days are wonderful and some days are just wish we didn't wake up in the yeah, morning. Yeah, go back to bed. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? That's called life. Yeah. I think sometimes people, particularly when we're younger, we think that life is supposed to be smooth. No. <laughs> life is a lesson. Yeah. And I think for me personally, I think I've done my best learning when times were really tough. Of course. 
Of course. And so I guess I, I guess that's what I look at it. Sort because of like learn, not not as well said as your as you do, but we learn from our mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it depends on how what kind of attitude do we bring to that circumstance. Right. Right. And it's really up to us. As Zell said several times during our interview, it really is a mindset thing. After our conversation, I identified my four top insights that I've had since turning 50. I will share them in no particular order and keep in mind they are very much interrelated. Interestingly, they all start with the letter C. The first insight is the importance of confidence. I've been plagued with a sense that I am flawed in a very deep way since I was young. I think most of this stems from growing up in a small town in Indiana with family who adhered to a norm of staying in their comfort zone. If you brought attention to yourself, you were becoming, and I quote, too big for your britches, unquote. A few days ago, I heard the fabulous Kentucky writer, now state poet laureate, Silas House, talk about how difficult it is for him to accept praise because he grew up in, and I quote, don't get too highfalutin cult. That resonated with me. By nature, I am inquisitive and willing to try new things. In addition, I was born with a high level of energy and a substantial amount of talent. Over the years, I've built up skills. I, I know more. I've had a few successes, so I know I'm capable. And I've also tried and failed miserably. So I know what tends to work in situations and what doesn't. I know more about people. But being too much was my flaw, or so I thought. In the last decade, I am shedding those old ways of thinking. Now I understand that we, and that includes me, are all perfect just as we are. So confidence rises from being authentic. Through self-acceptance and, dare I say it, celebration, I've learned that lesson. I now believe that not fitting in is my superpower. Creativity is my superpower. Being brave is my superpower. I stopped putting a lid on my mind and holding myself back, and now I'm going for it. Another important insight is that I am more invested in the process than in the outcome of something. That comes from understanding the importance of now and that I will survive most everything that life may throw at me. And that brings us to the next insight, the importance of courage. And life has thrown at me. It's thrown most everything at all of us, just in different ways. I've survived childhood trauma, domestic violence, rape, divorce, lack of money, emotional abuse from a professor, and parenting children with strong mental health issues. Somewhere along the way, my resolve to thrive in spite of those things penetrated my insecurities and empowered me to stand up again. Although I have to admit, there were quite a few times that I took to my bed for a while. And so courage is an important insight for us. We tell ourselves stories constantly. It's our nature as human beings. 
The stories we tell ourselves impact our emotions, our thoughts, and ultimately our behavior. The stories we tell are powerful. We act as if they are true, and we ignore them most of the time. I'm sure you've all heard or have heard yourself saying, oh, I'm just on automatic pilot. But digging into those stories is life-changing. One of my favorite authors is Brene Brown. In her book, Raising Strong, she talks about a three-phased process of becoming stronger and more courageous in spite of what is happening to us. So the first phase she calls reckoning. And that's the understanding that, oh, wait a minute, we are all telling stories about our life, about the world around us, about other people. So why don't I pay attention to the stories that I'm telling myself? So reckoning is what she says, walking into our stories and feeling the emotions brought on by them. And that, my friends, is why we avoid them at times. We're no longer numbing out. We are instead feeling the emotions, letting them move on through and examining the impact of the stories we tell ourselves. But the process doesn't end there. You've only just gotten started. The second phase is what she calls rumbling. So think about the definition of rumbling. There might be conflict. There's unrest. There's discomfort. But she feels like rumbling is an important part of the process because during rumbling, we are investigating the validity of the stories we are telling ourselves. How are we misconstruing what we are experiencing because of our belief system? During rumbling, Brown encourages us to gather up other people's perceptions. Just like a classic analysis of literature, let's look at our stories as a piece of literature and dissect the characters, the plot, the setting, just like a good novel. At this point in the process, we're in the role of a private investigator, and we are separating out the facts from the fiction. The third stage, Brown calls revolution. We take what we've learned through the first two phases, and we ready ourselves to apply those lessons to new situations. What is our new story? And what is it based on? We've learned about what we say to ourselves. We've learned about the validity of those stories. We are shifting our belief system about ourselves and our place in the world. And now we're ready to take action. Brown gives us a framework for thinking that is simple and it works. By the way, it works when dealing with other people. Maybe instead of jumping to conclusions, about someone we are finding really annoying, we ask ourselves about the story we are telling ourselves about them. Do we know all the facts? Have we questioned them about what is happening with them? What is the story I'm saying to myself about them? How does that influence my attitude and behavior towards them? Do I find judging them easier than understanding them? 
once we have a fuller understanding, how might that shift the ways we talk with them? Now, this whole idea about telling stories and dissecting them and that kind of thing, it's, it's a big chunk to take on, but I have found in my life that it is well worth it. And I think Brene Brown is one of the best scouts and guides uh, that you can have in going through this process. So again, the book is called Rising Strong, and I'll put that info in the show notes. So inherent in the process of what Brown has shared with us is the requirement that we adopt a mindset of curiosity about ourselves in the world. So my third big insight turning 50 is the importance of curiosity. If you are not already, become an asker of questions. I have driven people crazy all through my life with asking so many questions. Sometimes we do act all highfalutin and believe that we have all the answers. To be curious, you need to be humble enough to admit that. When I was younger, I believed I needed to have all of the answers to all of the questions and that I would have them as I aged. That, of course, didn't happen. In fact, the opposite has happened. I am comfortable now, even excited, about not knowing, being willing to learn. I am so happy to have the internet available to me now. I'm Googling constantly. I take courses. I watch documentaries a lot. I love listening to podcasts. I am on a journey of learning, and it's fun. I'm a little late to the game, but I started watching Ted Lasso this year. By the way, I highly recommend it. I think some of the charm of Ted is his lack of judgment of others. You can't be curious and judgmental at the same time. During a game of darts at their favorite pub, Ted was relaying the story about how others continually underestimate him, i.e. passing judgment, without getting out his intent or experience in a situation, also known as being curious. He said, I saw a quote by Walt Whitman. It was painted on the wall and it said, be curious, not judgmental. I like that. So curiosity became a theme in Ted's life. Let me show you a, of a woman who demonstrates curiosity and thus becomes an inspiration to others. Grandma Joy is 93 years old. She's from Ohio. And she and her grandson, Brian, just finished a seven and a half year quest to visit all 63 United States National Parks. In other words, Grandma Joy is staying curious. Her grandson sums up his learning soon before they wrapped up their journey. He says, Grandma Joy's road trip has been my greatest teacher and healer. Living joyfully is a choice. Saying yes and stepping outside your comfort zone can instantly change your entire life's trajectory. Getting older doesn't necessitate an inevitable descent towards limitation. And don't think this duo is finished. In July, they are heading to Kenya. 
I believe their new goal is to visit all of the continents. They're staying curious. You can learn more about their journey in the show notes as well. And my last insight is the importance of care. Being of service to others is the greatest gift of my life. It gets me outside of myself as I think about what I can do for them. A life theme of care can involve volunteering, mentoring, building community, or bringing your gifts to others. As older women, we have so much to give to younger women. Tell them your stories, listen to their questions, share your knowledge. In the last episode, I shared this vision I have of older women reaching back to younger women to encourage and support them in their journeys. We have a lot of wisdom to share. So share your gifts as best you can. Applying an ethic of care to your daily activities means you also need to take care of yourself. I am not great at this, but I'm learning. The biggest lesson I learned is that I need to rest. I've always slept well for seven to eight hours a day. I, my head hits the pillow and out I am. But now I also take an hour each day to rest. Sometimes I use the time to read or I watch uplifting videos or I scroll through mindless crap. And sometimes I am. Always my dogs and cat are cuddled up with me. And that is truly a comforting thing. It's my daily therapy. So what I'm trying to say to you is do whatever you feel you need each day in order to rest. I'm learning that I do not need to be productive all of the time. And here's the hardest part, and to not feel guilty about it. That's big for me. So I've shared with you some of the important insights I've had since turning 50. Confidence, courage, curiosity, and care. I'm sure there will be more as time goes on. And I'm sure I will go deeper into what I've shared with you today. Remember, we are always works in progress. Also remember, you have the power of choice. As Miss Zell says, each day is a gift and how we unwrap it is up to us. Thank you, Zell and Grandma Joy for sharing that wisdom. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you did, please join our community on Facebook. There, you will find reading suggestions, meaningful dialogue, and additional stories of women who are going big. The link is posted in the show notes. As Betty Friedan said, aging is not lost youth, but a new stage of opportunity. So let's do it together.